I'm down the range. People begging that price of fame. Me, I just want to find a thing. Haters hating, pick people change. Love the family, they take the pain. Smoke that take my breath away. I just want them find a thing. What's up, y'all? Uh, I believe this is episode seven. Um, I know I said that I would come back midweek, and I had every intention on doing that. I really did. <laughs> but um, I was going to do it on Tuesday evening. I usually record at night. I was going to do it Tuesday night, like early, early Wednesday morning. And something just told me, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I had I had some stuff in mind that I wanted to cover and talk about. And I, that was my plan. I was like, I'm going to do this and put it out on Wednesday. And then, like I said, I used to record at night. Right now, I'm not. Uh, it's about, I don't know, 5 p.m., 5.20. I don't know, Texas time. <laughs> Texas time ain't even a thing. Y'all forgive me. I don't know my time zones. I really don't. Is it? Is it like, is that, are we on Central? Central time? I don't know. I'm like smart in some areas. In other areas, I'm so regular. Like, I don't be knowing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we on like Central. Y'all tell me what time zone we in. I can look it up. That's the thing. Google, man. <laughs> Google be messing us up. We don't be knowing stuff. We just be looking it up. But um, it's five o'clock where I am. And so I usually wait until the evening just because uh, I do record at home. So I'm not in no fancy studio. Um, and, you know, when the Lord bless me and we get there, cool. But <laughs> right now. I'm at home, so I try to wait because my neighbors have this dog. And, yeah, he be busy, and I don't be wanting him to bark. Y'all might hear him today, though. So if you hear a dog, if you hear people outside, if you hear sirens, whatever you hear, just the, it's, that'll make it fun. This is regular life. This is real life. So you're going to hear, if you hear something in the background, excuse it or embrace it. Either one. This is this is real life. This is, this is me starting where I am, like I told y'all. So I got to deal with it. I got to have it how it is. But I cannot not produce because of my space and my opportunity. But I, I do use to record at night. That's just a fact. I record at night. And uh, I'm not today. But the other night I didn't because uh, something in my spirit just said, like, hold off. And then I started getting a little tired. And I was like, I'll just do it tomorrow. And <laughs> goodness gracious, <laughs> we had something heavy happen in, 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 the, in the culture. We, we had the Aisha Carey thing. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I didn't produce a podcast because I would have missed my opportunity to express kind of how I feel about that. And I battled that because 
um i didn't want to i don't really use this platform for that but it fits and i'll show you how it fits uh, i don't say a lot on social media about every situation you have to kind of keep poking me and poking me and poking me and then you know i gotta say something and 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 the reason i don't say a lot on every situation because a if i can't say it in spirit and in truth like if i can't say it in the spirit of love and in with truth rooted in truth but said in love i don't i don't like to say it i don't i don't argue on social media um i'm there to inform and inspire and uh ignite change that's just what i'm gonna try to do we're gonna laugh we're gonna have a good time we're gonna share some stuff you know that 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 make us feel good but other than that my goal is just inform inspire and ignite change i'm gonna do those three for you uh so i don't everything isn't for me to talk about or give my two cent on but with the situation with mrs carrie it was getting out of hand and i saw more men talking about it but not a lot of men standing up and saying the truth i didn't say what i said to defend uh aisha curry but it was to defend an attack on her truth let it be known i disagreed with her statement but i did agree with her feeling we have to learn that she felt how she felt and that's true no it's not okay to have to need attention outside of your marriage but she acknowledged that so what i first advise everybody to do <laughs> i advise everybody to go back and watch the video not the clip watch the entire interview and that way when you speak you speak uh rooted in truth and said in love and you'll be in context and social media that's not everybody's goal we hear 20 seconds or something 10 seconds or something and we run and we're gone and i saw people calling her the b-word i saw a lot of different things and i just had to take a step back and i said man if you know if that was my sister if that was my girl if that was my wife for one if i'm steph i don't care what she said i don't want to read people dragging my girl across social media i'm a he gonna feel that bruise you know and uh i just felt like as a man and a black man uh i have a duty and we have a duty to speak out on a whole lot more than we than we do so i couldn't let that one ride i'm silent on a lot of things but it was getting out of hand and so i said what i had to say to educate and i'm going to say it on here uh simply because this is the gifted connection podcast where we talk about our gifts and talents and spiritual gifts and how we connect with one another aisha carey is married to a gifted individual and when you look in the context of the situation, she was asked a question about how she handles the attention that he gets when he's operating in his gift. She answered a question. And she said that I start to compare. I internalize the attention that he gets 
and I automatically think something is wrong with me. So he's getting this uh, attention based on who he is in the public eye. And I automatically think because I'm not getting it, something is wrong with me because we're in her mind. They're the same. But in our mind, he's Steph Curry, the gifted individual. And so she raises a better question. What is it like to be married or date or be tied to a gifted individual that had to go on this podcast? Now, that's not this episode. I'm just addressing this first because it has to be said. But think about it like that. What what she's really saying is, what is it like to be in covenant with someone that was normal when you met him at 15? She said, I moved here from from Canada when I was about to go to high school. And then she met Steph at 15 and they've been rocking ever since. That's a long time. So you go from being a nobody, a normal, having a girlfriend, having a boyfriend, and then getting fame the day you out of college. Come on, y'all. And you've done everything together. You've raised a family. You you know, you've had kids. You've gotten married. You've gone through ups and downs. Here they are, what, 15 years later. And what she's saying is, when I watch him get the attention and I don't get it, it's like, dang, is something wrong with me? And so instantly, the flesh side of us, that fleshly side of us, craves the need for the praise we see our partner getting. Even though they're only getting it because of what they do. It's not even real. And so what she said, she said it and she led with that. It's rooted in an insecurity. And what I didn't like about social media, um, we have to stop doing this. We don't allow celebrities to be normal. I guess that's the price of fame. Everybody, y'all want to be famous out there? That's the price of fame. I think I can live without that. Like whenever you go public with anything, big or small, you pay that price of fame. Which is why a lot of y'all are scared to put y'all real gifts out there. You know what comes with the criticism and the glory. But we have to stop doing our celebrities like that, our people like that. And then we have to stop doing uh, women and men like that. I, you know, but since she's a woman, I'm going to talk about that. Women have to have uh, a space where they can say things and men don't get out of pocket. And get in their feelings. Let that be a relationship tip to you. Uh, a lot of the fellas that I saw talking, I wanted them to <laughs> stop because it's like your girl may deal with this and you may not even know, sir. And you think that the relationship is secure because of who you are. But you're missing it when something is just about what she's going through. In spite of what you may be doing for her. See, don't let your misrepresentation of manhood think that that's going to secure a relationship. She loves her husband. She didn't say he did anything wrong. This was an internal. She said, I internalize it. This is just something that's on me. This is the trick of the devil. And we have to, we got to understand that. So what I wanted for us to do is maybe sit down with your significant other and say, hey, have you ever felt this way? Male and female. Because the truth is, males deal with this. (laughs) because their ego is our our ego is out of this world we always competing 
we're always looking for the next whatever compliment you know and a lot of times we act on it she said i don't want to act on it. a lot of times we do and then you just sorry later males deal with this flip it and <laughs> flip it and let her be the celeb i promise you her husband is like just, just flip it and let aisha be the one getting all this male attention and you ain't getting nothing steph just you know regular dude man males have a hard time so i i, <laughs> I could see where she was coming from with it because i can always flip it and and kind of get into her shoes but we we have a duty to to stop attacking people for their honesty and i even said myself like man i hope he heard it off camera first but i'll correct myself even if he didn't hear it you know off of camera celebrities are always on camera that's not my life so i can be a little more conscious and aware when someone's recording me but if i was always if i always had a microphone or a camera in front of me you may have a um a human moment and i think that's what she had she was in a safe space talking to other women she's used to camera so she probably didn't even think about it like that she was just being open and honest and hopefully her truth helped someone instead it, the clip it <laughs> did more harm to her than good so i'm gonna talk about the good in it so yeah i really wanted to kind of express that she has a right to feel that way do i agree with the statement no because i think it's rooted in like she said an insecurity and it's our job to talk about insecurities and i will tell you where insecurities come from they come from the devil when you research and do your homework uh the devil was lucifer was an angel and he got kicked out of heaven due to his plot <laughs> to get other angels to praise a name other than god lucifer led <laughs> he led praise and worship in heaven and when he realized i'm leading people to say something about somebody else he internalized it and said this could be me And that's why when God created Adam and Eve, the first thing he did was challenge their belief in the person who created them because the person who created them gave them identity. And so when he goes to Eve, he says, did God really say? Why would he keep this from you? Who said you can't have this? And she bit the fruit. And Aisha Curry, uh, if, it, if, if it happened to Adam and Eve, it can happen to any of us. She's human. And we have to stop bashing people for being human. She said, I know, I know, I shouldn't. And that's when Jada Pinkett said, girl, you got it all wrong. But I've dealt with it too. So find you someone that's going to be transparent and then tell you the right thing. I'm not going to stay on that too long. But we have to get to a place that on social media, if we're going to speak, can we speak from an intelligent place and not just just any old ignorance? Well, this man doing all this for her and he doing it. She didn't say he wasn't. And when you get in a relationship. That lasts a long time, you're going to see transitions and you're going to see changes. Especially if you were in it from a young age. And I can talk about that because I did that. I know what it's like to be 19, 
and 20 and be tied to someone and then go through changes and they see you change and you see them change and and you start to internalize different things you see their insecurities they see your insecurities a lot come on she was really helping somebody especially men because that's a it, it's not about you saying how beautiful your girl is so she'll know she ain't talking about that but it is you saying I'm willing to work with you through some insecurities that don't even have anything to do with me, baby. When y'all get there, you'll see. <laughs> you don't have to attack. First of all, that's a woman. That's somebody's mother. That's somebody's wife. Let's watch how we hold people. Because in the next breath, we calling them queens. But the minute somebody say something out of line, you got to take the crown off and abuse them. What you could have done was speak to the queen. And Aisha Carey and say, girl, you're a queen. And, and even though you're feeling that way, let me help you with your crown. No matter who say what, who do what, this is you. See, we don't restore people back to their royal status. We got to tear people down. I'm, I'm tired of it. But I can only use my platform Will you use yours. I'm tired of seeing that. Let's speak to the queen and say, look, this is where it's rooted. You could tell it was rooted from an enemy's place because she said, I'm not going to do nothing with the at attention. I would just like it. Girl, don't. That's why. <laughs> See, that Eve made a, a good point in, in Genesis when she said, God said we shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, go near the fruit. We shouldn't touch it. We should. She started naming stuff that God didn't even say, because you have to know the boundaries you have to set for you. That was her flesh saying, yeah, I need this attention. I'm not going to do anything with it, though. You don't know what you're not going to do, baby girl, till it come knocking. But that's when we get to speak to the queen in her. And say, you too royal to even invite that in your in your life. And let's see why his success makes you internalize who you're not. You see how that could have gone? But we didn't do that. And I wasn't going to just watch y'all <laughs> drag the woman. It was wrong. It was wrong. And, it, and, and, and although her statement isn't a healthy one, it's not wrong for her to feel. It's wrong for her to accept it. Two different things. Two very different things, y'all. And so I wanted to lead this podcast off with saying... Uh, some of y'all hadn't even gotten to where God wants you and you may have her feelings later on you may marry a gifted individual you may be the person that's gifted and you want to make sure your spouse isn't feeling like that and she said and she said he always does you know a good job about introducing me He's, he tries to put her out front he uses his spotlight to let her shine you know and she, and, and she says like I, I struggle with it you know, because I have to watch it, and he's so nice. She was like, "He's nice to these women," and I, and I've I've been the the nice guy, you know, where your girl is saying like, "Okay, you nice, and you don't see the threat." So she said, "I have a nice man. Like I got a good man. He nice to everybody." 
And I be kind of insecure about that because he's so nice. I don't know if he can, you know, she, she, she wants to balance him out and be his eyes and ears. And she, and in order to keep doing that successfully, she has to be okay with herself. And that's what she was saying. She knew it was an insecurity and she said it and we didn't allow that. We did not allow it. And we was wrong. <laughs> well, y'all were. <laughs> I tried I tried to to ice it up, but y'all were wrong for letting her take that blow. And what you're gonna do is create a space where your woman don't even feel secure talking to you about it. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to do that. So fellas, we got a duty. Other women, you have a duty as well for your sisters and your friends. If they come to you with something, give them that Jada truth if you've lived it. Give them that. We owe it to each other to help each other. And this was a situation um, that we, 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 we could help <laughs> and learn. Because you don't know what's knocking at the door of your relationship. We all, everybody's lying if they're either too holy to have an insecurity because Adam and Eve had it. You, you, you can't tell me that just because God called you this and God chose you and God said you were anointed and God said you were the head and not the tail that you ain't ever craved desire from the, from the world. Don't lie to me. Y'all like it. You love the Lord with all your heart and God is good and he, and he's a provider and he's a healer and you, and you love that relationship. But you still got a little a little worldly in you like you still like their attention because you're part of them that's why he had to say you have to be set apart because you're already in it and now i need you to set yourself apart from it we're human most of y'all can't post a picture if you don't get 10 likes you thinking it was a bad picture some of y'all send it to your homegirls first before you post it because you care And it ain't even just selfies. Statuses. Y'all know there are people who can't just post a status and leave it. I don't care how many likes or whatever it don't get. If if I said it and it was my truth, I said it. Two likes, 200. Don't matter to me. I said it. And I meant it. That's a, it's, that's a fake number anyway Because most people are going to scroll Before they like your picture or your status anyway They'll agree with it and won't like They just keep on going So you can't go off of that But a lot of you do You post your picture and you in a happy relationship You in a happy marriage But you be wanting that picture to get them likes Don't act like Aisha said something foreign Don't do that But what she did say was I'm internalizing the success that my man is getting. Comparison kills. She didn't say anything crazy. But you date somebody that has millionaire status and, and greatness written all over them. The man can play basketball. Very, very well. And in our culture, that's praised. That's rewarded. 
in more ways than money. And so she's struggling with that part of herself. And we owe it to someone to, to say your truth and then let's help you and not hurt you. We did social media. We do more hurting. And we got to stop. OK, I got to get off that because I'm going to go on and on and on. But I just had to say it, man. I had to tell y'all that and share that with somebody. You know, I try to articulate it. And, and, and write it out but people don't be reading statuses and you know they don't they don't like to read and i don't really <laughs> i don't know how to make something short like that's my that's not my area of expertise i gotta tell you all of it and so i tried to get that status as short as i could but i couldn't get it shorter than that and so this is a better platform for what i meant so share it share the podcast whatever uh god cover and bless that marriage and cover her and i pray abundance over them uh because i'm sure other aspects of their relationship have blessed some of you in the past take this as the same and so um that's where we're gonna drop that <laughs> now we can get into episode seven i don't i don't cover the the house issue you know uh we can get into episode seven uh let me go on record and say this is gonna be the uh, best thing you'll hear all week the most needed podcast you'll play the most needed audio you'll hear uh share with everybody and this is not me promoting this is me being honest and real with you about you and about uh a disease that's killing our potential so this will be the best podcast you're gonna hear this is gonna be the best thing you're gonna hear in your week which is why i'm glad i didn't put it out when i did uh because this needed to marinate and sit on me um i realized that when i started this podcast that i kind of jumped the gun on kind of where you may be and where i am and i and i took you to where i was automatically you know i i just had my 30th birthday i'm you know it's a new year and I told you about all the stuff I want to do and all that. And I just jumped you on my, <laughs> on my train. Uh, and I didn't go back and really, really ask, uh, two important questions to you. And so, uh, I'm going to ask those today and we're going to get into it. So, uh, when, if you, if you share this with somebody, tell them to tell them to hop on right here. They don't have to go back and, and play episode one and two. I, a lot of people are doing that. They're like, man, I just got turned on to your podcast and it's good. And I'm, I'm trying to get caught up. And I'm like, you don't have to get caught up. Just just come with us where we at. Just meet us where we at. I got a cousin like that. Uh, whenever we, we used to travel, uh, <laughs> he didn't pack no clothes. And I would be like, bro, you ain't packed like you. He's like, oh, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to go to the store when I get there. I was like, you going, what? Yeah, I just we just we just stop at the store when we get there. Like he never had a bag. He buy what he needed when he got there. And so <laughs> I thought it was crazy, but hey, it worked, you know, for him. And so what I'm asking you to do is just just drop everything. You don't have to get caught up. You don't have to go back and pack. Hop in the car, go where we're going, and you I promise you, you'll get everything along the way. Because I, the reason I want you to start right here, simply because um, where we're starting today is where I left, where I should have started. 
And I realized that I, I never really asked you all uh, two questions. And those questions are. Um, do you have a vision? Like, do you do you know what you want? Do you have a vision? Like, do you know what you want? Have you decided what you want? You can write that down. Have you decided? Have you decided what you want? There's a book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give y'all two books right now, early in the podcast, um, called The Seven Decisions. And in the book, one of the decisions is called uh, a decided heart. So I'm gonna ask you, in the beginning of this podcast, do you have a decided heart on something? Have you decided what you want? What you gonna take in life? What you gonna get in life? Write it down if you if you can. When it comes to blank, I have a decided heart. When it comes to this career, when it comes to uh, this marriage, when it when it comes to letting go of the past, when it comes whatever it is, when it comes to what they did to me, when it comes to what they said to me, when it comes to what they called me, when it comes to my future, when it comes to blank, I have a decided heart. Can you say that? I didn't ask you that. That's on me. I didn't. I just jumped into my goals and my plans, and I thought everybody was working in their spiritual gifts and, you know, ready. I ain't asked y'all this. Do you have? Have you decided what you want? If you haven't, be honest with yourself and write this down. I don't know what I want. Because <laughs> we finna get into why you don't. I don't know what I want. Now, question number two, I want to ask you that I didn't ask you. Do you have the belief that you can have it? Whether you know what you want or you're kind of thinking about what you want or you just know it's something better. Do you believe? Do you have the belief? Like, do you have do you have the faith and the belief that I can have it, that God can do it, that it's still in the cards for me, that it's still on the table uh, for me. Be real. Because I don't care about all the other episodes if you don't know what you want and you don't have a belief that you can have it. Do you not know what you want because you don't even believe it's there to have? Or do you know what you want and you saying that ain't, there's no possible way. <laughs> Y'all, I messed up. I assumed that I was talking to individuals who knew what they wanted and knew they could have it. That's why I'm saying this is the most important podcast that you're going to play this week. This is the most important uh, message you're going to hear this week. I know Mother's Day is coming up and you're about to go to church and they're about to talk about a good mother. I'm about to talk about you. So I hope your preacher kill it on Sunday <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now You need to hear this Because I needed it I needed it years ago And I'm not and, and Like I said this is not me promoting I know motivational speaking Like it's a thing now Everybody want to be inspirational Because it's cool They don't want to talk about the truth though 
Ain't nobody posting their failures. Ain't nobody going to tell you where they went wrong, where they messed up. They just got to you can get it. You can have it. It's yours. Ah, rah, 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 rah. Buy my book. And you buying it and you ain't even addressed your situation. They posting and it look good. They ain't telling you where they were broken and where they fixed it and how they fixed it. They sound good on the microphone and it's a part of their life they ain't even attacked. It's the same with preaching. A lot of people now, they preach because it's popular. It's cool. It's cool to stand and, and you know, be an authority on, on a subject and look like you know it and look like you're helping people. And they ain't going to tell you the truth. That's why they, the preachers couldn't talk about uh, Mrs. Curry because they're not preaching that. That we're actually flawed And that this Christian race is hard Yes you have grace And yes you have mercy And yes you've been chosen But this also comes with surrender You gotta doubt itself You gotta kill out some noise You gotta kill out some flesh You're gonna be tempted I said on Facebook Every marriage is under attack Why? Who wouldn't want to attack somebody that got married and said we did this for God? We took vows before God and said we'd be two people that become one and reproduced just like God did. We'll be fruitful and we'll multiply and we'll fill the earth with people who believe the same thing about God that we believe. Why would the devil let that ride? You wouldn't. So, yeah, he attacked her mind. That's why. But people don't want to tell you that. They just going to tell you God is good. And, and, and they, they're going to talk about the cross. And he hung for you and he died. And they're going to get to going. But they're not going to tell you the truth about what comes with baptism and accepting Christ. They're not going to tell you that it's going to come with a cross for you. I told you this is the most important thing you got to hear. I'm not finna sell you on no dream. I'm not finna just talk to you and, and, and motivate the parts of your ear that you like. There are some things and some ways uh, that have gotten us to the place that we are in our mind and in our hearts. Hmm. Because of our own thinking and our lack of knowledge and wisdom. Because somebody didn't tell us what was right. Most of you who haven't decided what you want or don't know what you want, it's because people have started picking at your wants when you were a kid. <laughs> this is not an attack on your upbringing and your parents, but you didn't even realize it. They started attacking that early. And you haven't been choosing. So now you don't know what to choose. And now that God has called you to do something and be something. You don't even believe you have that. That that can even be done. Because of the decisions that you made. Or it just doesn't look like it can happen in the here and now. Let me tell you uh, where I'm going to be coming from with this. There's a passage 
in Genesis, I believe it's Genesis 12. And this is after the flood and Noah and, 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 and we have this uh, covenant with man that God makes. He calls a man named Abraham and he tells Abraham, I'm going to show you a land that's that's yours. And I'm going to make your name great. You'll be the father of many nations. He makes this this promise. You can read it. He makes his covenant with him. Now, the only problem about being the father of many and getting this land and having all of these people, which we later find out they're the Israelites, God's chosen people uh, in the in the Old Testament. We'll later find out that he doesn't even have children. <laughs> he don't have no kids. So God promises him this at a time in his life where he doesn't have children. And then he goes home and, and talks to his wife about it. Here's another problem. She can't have children. And we know God can do anything. And we read the Bible from, you know, he's a miracle worker and ain't nothing too hard for God. But we don't live like that. <laughs> you read it like that, but you don't, you don't internalize it and you don't live like that. You don't process it like that. You know why? Because this man went home and told his wife, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be a great nation. Uh, we're going to get out. We're going to he's going to show me the land. It's going to be mine. And she said, baby, I'm, I'm too old to even have kids. <laughs> he had the vision. But it wasn't followed by belief. He told his wife the vision and she had an unbelief. They named the baby that they end up having. Isaac. And it means laughter. Because <laughs> they laughed. They thought it was funny, but what they did was they looked at the time and they looked at the place that they were in life. I believe he was 75 when he gets uh, when God talks to him. And I believe he was around 100, I think, or so when Isaac is born. Now, you tell me who's 100 having kids. You tell me. How many of you right now have entered a space and a place in your life where what you heard on your life years ago, you don't think it can happen now because you're the age you are. God, I'm too old for this to happen. And you, you either don't know what you want or you forfeited what you want because you don't have belief. Hmm. See, this is different when you look at it like that. I don't care how much you pray. Do you believe that? And she was bold and she told she told her husband and she told she told God, I can't have kids. What you mean? I would have had it by now. How many of you are rushing your process? You agree with the promise. You just don't agree with it. God's way. God said uh, Sarah going to have a baby. Sarah went. To Abraham and said, uh, I gotta look, I can't have kids. I really don't know what God talking about. I believe him, but he tripping on this one. So sleep with my uh my servant uh, uh Hagar. She gave him an option that she felt was right. That she felt would work. And I don't believe she did it out of uh, you know, 
just trying to be manipulative and outdo God. I believe she wanted to agree with God's promise for her husband. And so she did. She took it into her own hands and was like, I can't have kids, but she can. And technically she my servant, so she mine. We own her, so it's kind of like it's our baby and it's God's promise. And you can still get that. And so they had the baby Ishmael. Years before, I believe he was 12 or 13, years older. Because God gives you a promise, but he doesn't give you the timeline and you don't agree with the timeline that you're already on. And so you start giving options. <laughs> That's why when you keep on going in the story and they and God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on the altar and people have been trying to figure it out for years. Why didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Just not do it. How could he take his son up there? Because he learned early on. Do what God says and don't try to do what you think. Preachers have preached for years. What would make a man take his own son up to the altar and sacrifice and offer him as a sacrifice? He did it because he already doubted God earlier and said, I can't do that no more. Some, be, some people, they have to see the first miracle before they believe the second one. <laughs> I'm not saying he knew the ram was going to be in the bush. I'm just saying he wasn't going to try God again. He told his wife the vision and the promise that God had made him. Told him who he was going to be. Affirmed him. Said thousands of people are going to come from you. And his wife said, they're just coming from you, not me. I can't have kids. And she tried to piece together what she thought God could use. Because at the timeline in her life, it didn't add up. And some of you have reached a point in your life and i'm about the reason i said this had to go on this podcast this way is because when i was about to turn 30 i turned into sarah y'all can say what you want but be real with me about the quarter life crisis 25 to 30 to some of you even 35 you're doubting that you can still do and be what God said. Well, I don't know if I can get married now because of all my my relationships were bad. I don't know if I can have kids. I don't know if I can still go back to school. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. And God called you and told you this. He said this is coming from you. And so what you start doing is latching on to the first person you see. Well, God said I was going to get married, so I'm going I'm, I'm to marry you. I'll take this job because he said I was going to have abundance. He said, he said, you start, you start telling God what can go into his plan. And it's wrong. I'm here to correct your, your, your trajectory because you off. How I know I started being off around the age of 25 or so. I started looking around and saying, God, you done told me all my life that I was this person. And, I, and, I, and, and, and in so many words, God, I really can't have kids. <laughs> at, at, I said that at 30, like at 30, I told myself, God, there's just some stuff I can't do no more. How you expect me to do this and be this? I'll forfeit the vision because of my age. 
And that's what I mean when I say I didn't ask you what your vision was or what you thought you could have. And then I didn't ask you if you believed it. But I, I am here to correct you and I'm about to tell you to stop being Sarah and stop offering up a solution to God that doesn't fit his call. Cancel the Hagar in your life. This is not a time for substitution. He made a promise to Abraham. And, and, and I, what I really want you to see biblically to all my Bible people. God's chosen people were birthed from a people of unbelief. What does that say about us? See, when you read that part of Genesis, it don't shock you in Exodus that after he rescues them from Pharaoh, they're in the wilderness worrying about what they're going to eat. Their ancestors didn't have belief. That's why when you skip over and they finally uh, you get into Joshua and there and, and you have and you have all of these battles and Ai and Jericho and, and, and the Jordan River, uh, he does all of this. And then after he gives them the land and judges, they can't serve him. Let me backtrack. In Joshua, he said, I don't want you to take any of the devoted things. Like, don't take the when you when you kill off these people and you take their land, like don't take their idols, their gold and their jewelry, the things that they worship other gods with. They stole them anyway because they were still worried about provision. That's in Joshua. <laughs> Why? Abraham and Sarah didn't even believe they could have a baby and what I'm explaining to you is a lot of us can't trust God or just like in Judges we can't even fully serve God is because unbelief has been passed down to us through the generations let's be honest there's some people in your family that don't believe you can have more than just a good job and a regular job and it like they don't believe you can have more that's why ain't nobody in the family got it there was an abraham and a sarah somewhere in your family that said uh this all sounds good but you just gonna have to take hagar hmm let me let me be real with you let me let me <laughs> see when i told you a minute ago that you couldn't really decide what you wanted because you learned not to pick. You've been letting other people dictate your future for you for so long that when God tells you something, if it don't make sense to the people that were dictating, you don't even do it. Hmm? They've been picking for you your whole life out of love. Out of love. But also out of ignorance as well. I believe Sarah did what she did out of love. Yes, she was doubting God, but it was like, I love Abraham and I want him to succeed and I want him to be that great man God said, but I can't have a baby. Sometimes there were some beliefs in your life that your parents knew about you and they said, I can't give it to him, but this is what I can give to him. And they started secondhanding you. And now you're trying to offer that to God. You're trying to offer what other people gave you to God. Abraham tried to do it. 
when God comes back and he says, Sarah's going to have a baby. He said, okay, look, God, here, just take Ishmael. He'll serve you. And this is what God said. And I want you to, this is in your Bible. God said, I'll bless Ishmael because of your boy. But my promise is with Isaac. Don't be confused that when God blesses something that you created and mistake it as a promise. That's in your Bible. He said, okay, you want to give me Ishmael? Cool. I bless him. He your son. I bless him. I bless that decision that you made, but my promise still going to come my way. Do what you want with that. God said it. Hmm. I told you this was good. And I told, <laughs> I told you why. Because it's the truth. And some of us have reached a part in our lives. We can't have a baby. That's what we're telling God. God, I can't do this. And it happens to a lot of us in our society and in our culture and in our age of social media and the age of information and the millennial generation. It happens at around 30. We start telling God what we can't have and can't do. I did it. I did it. I remember, I remember a time in my life when, when the first couple of decisions that I didn't make. But see, people start stripping you early of you. Do you notice when you have a baby, we have to tell babies what not to want? Hmm? Babies know no fear. They don't know danger. And we try to tell them out of correction. But really, we start early. We at at that's where that come from. No, no. Uh uh. We start to tell them what to want and what not to want. We tell eat your food. We sit there with them all day. Eating the food, eat your vegetables. We start to tell them, you know, what to eat. And we're doing it out of love, most of us, but they learn to follow what we say. The public school system is good at it. Tell you what to wear, what time to be here, what to study, what to like, what not to like, what friends to have. What We lose our individuality early. And then we start to make choices based on the people around us. I did it with, with school. I think college is great. But looking back on it. I probably wouldn't have spent that money and put myself in that debt had I kind of gone with my gut. I didn't even know what I wanted to study. A, I did not. And I can go on record and say this. I've done it and I'm gone now. But I didn't even want to go to Southwestern Christian College. I didn't want to go. I said, that's not for me. In my heart of hearts, I was like, that's not me. Like, I I don't want to uh, preach and I don't really care you know, for the, the campus or to be over there. I li- I grew up in Terrell. I already live in Terrell. Like, um, I want to, you know, like, I was like, I'm, I'm built for more. I'm made for more. I can go off. I can, I can do something else. Like I can lead this city. I'm smart enough. I said this, I'm smarter than Southwestern. Like that ain't me. And for the people who went with me and love the school, I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying something in me said, 
I don't belong here. And my daddy was like, they said you can go free. And I was like, what that mean to me? He was like, nah, he was like, you can go free. He said, as a matter of fact, like, I worked here so y'all can go free. He was like, I, <laughs> like I, I've been here long enough and I sacrificed my time so y'all can have this. And then my mama co-signed it. She was like, well, I mean, she said, you know, it'll break your daddy's heart. You're the last child if you don't go. And I made a decision for somebody else. And after that, I got used to making a decision based off how it would make someone else feel. So with my next school, it was like March and I'm about to graduate from Southwestern in two months and I hadn't even applied anywhere. But the first thing I said was, well, um, I need to kind of stay close to mama. Like she been kind of, you know, she could get sick, you know, they still working a lot. Like I, I, I need to be close to them. I had just started, uh, dating Elena and I was like, I need to like, my relationship is new. We only been talking a year. Like I need to stay close. And she didn't tell me where to go or or what to do. It was, I, I, I was already in the mode of making decisions based on how other people felt. So I went an hour away to the University of Texas Arlington. I was I was in 45 minutes to an hour's reach of what I loved. My mom and my daddy and that girl. <laughs> I was making decisions based off how I felt like it would make the other people around me feel. And I knew it was wrong because the next year when she graduated and she had the opportunity to go to Pepperdine, I was like, you got to go. She was like, well, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to go where I uh, signed up. Like I, I went to UTA. Like I'm going I'm to I'm get my degree here. I said, but it'll kill you if you stay back here for me. Go to California. Go to Malibu. Go sing. Be in that group. Do what you do. Use your gift. Don't do like me. I was in the mode of making the decision for somebody else. And then before I knew it, I had spent two years at Southwestern and four years at a whole nother school. And so I was 24 getting a college degree. I spent the first year looking for work. Cause degree don't it don't it don't buy you a job to get you maybe a seat at the table. It may get you a chance to speak up for yourself and say why you want the job. It might get you in the room. And so I got to 25 and said. I got to start taking what comes to me because I just spent the last six years. <laughs> I told God that this is my head guard. Like you got to accept who I am right here and now because I'm too old. And just let me, the people that's young that listen to this, I just want to tell you like 20, 21 turns into 24 years old very quickly. And 24, I don't know, it just jumps to 25. And 25 is like a, a long year. You learn a lot in that year. But 25 jumps into 28 in your sleep. And when I turned 28, I was I was giving out all of my, uh, my Hagar. <laughs> I was giving him the substitutions because I was like, 
man, I feel like I'm too old to do this. And I want y'all to realize we serve a God that lives in eternity. He don't live in your 24 hour system, your 365 day a year system, your 30 days to 31 days to a month system, your two week uh, paycheck or your one month paycheck system. He's not a check to check God. He's not a year to year God. He's an eternal being. He doesn't have a time. And you're going to mess yourself up trying to produce a baby that he can use. When he said, you're going to be the one to be the father of my people. And you out here trying to give me Hagar's baby. And I don't want Ishmael. I said I was going to give you Isaac. And I want you to understand that I don't care how old we are. To my young people, I wish somebody was telling me this. I got people, you know, I done had people reach out to me as young as like 18, some younger than that. And people as old, they in their 60s listen to this podcast. So it's going to hit a lot of different people. But I'm talking to like people who are struggling with the, the time, the factor of time. The age. I was so depressed on my 30th birthday. It, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I set up there holding like, Lord. I don't want January 2nd to come, Lord. Lord, just stop it, Lord. Please, Lord, give me another month. Like, give me. I didn't want to accept the fact that I was turning 30 and I did not believe God and I was going to offer him Ishmael in the morning. Hmm? That's too real? Okay. <laughs> I told you this was going to be the best thing you ever heard because in the two questions I asked you in the beginning, do you know what you want and do you believe you can have it? They're both tied to this story right here. I ain't even know what I wanted no more. Because I had made decisions based off of the people and I identified with those choices and I, and I and I had abandoned my true calling and my true nature because of the choices that I made. And then I yielded to the time frame and said, I don't believe God can do anything else. But take this baby. Hmm? That'll send you into a dark place. Because you're at war with the choices that you made and you feel like you can't make up for them. So you start substituting. You got people on jobs right now they shouldn't even be at. But somebody told them, have you ever thought about teaching? You ever thought about being a fireman? You ever thought about they start telling you what you could do and what you could be. Has anybody ever asked you what's in your heart to do? What is God pointing you towards? Have you ever thought about listening to God? Like, have you ever thought about trying to figure out what your spiritual gift is, what your talent is, if you don't know? Like, have you ever thought about people are giving us they're giving us Hagar? Read the story, man. Genesis like 12 to Genesis 21. Just read it. It's not going to take you long. Read it. People start saying like, that sounds good. 
but I, re I really just want you to be successful. And I saw somebody else be successful when they went to uh, get this certification. They went to go be this. They went to go do that. They went to go. They know what I'm here to tell you is you're not too old to be you. You're not too old to do what God called you to do. But you got to know what that is and you got to know what you want. And then you're going to have to ask God for that and believe that. Some of you serve a God that you don't feel comfortable saying, I want this life, God. You don't even know how to go to an all powerful being and say, Lord. I want a good relationship. I want a marriage. I want four kids. I want a three story house. I want this type of car. I want this type of influence. I want to have this kind of charity. I want to give to these. I want to have these foundations. I want to be in shape. I want to have good skin. I want to look like you blessing me. You just take, you just, I'm too old. I don't, I can't, I can't. And you start doing substitutions. And a lot of you are doing it because you've been taking and making decisions for other people and from an aspect or, or a perspective of how they feel about your decision. You tell somebody one thing and they give you the substitution for it. Abraham said, God told me this. And, <laughs> and Sarah said, that's all cool. But with the time frame, that's not going to work. I'm too old to have kids. Don't you get that? Like, I'm too old. I, I, <laughs> I can't do that. And this is what I want you to do. Because I'm about to. <laughs> ah, man. I want to talk about this. A whole lot longer and I may have to do like a part one or part two but this is what I need you to do I really need you to decide what you want decide what you want and let me know on paper write it down close your eyes make a list but I want you to I want you to we're gonna call it uh, your eye your I want list. What's 30 things on your I want list? <laughs> See, this going to make you in control of the decisions. I want you to go from 1 to 30 on your I want list. Because the reason that people don't get what they want in life is because they never they, they don't even know what they want. This list right here going to show you how much of your life you really don't know that you want. 30 things on your I want list. After you do that, I want you to make an I love to do list. 20 things you love to do. And the reason I'm telling you to do this in this order is because I want you to look at that I want list and how you're going to get to it. It's usually rooted in what you love to do because that's where your passion is. And most people don't have what they want because they don't believe they can make a living. They don't believe they can make influence. They don't believe they can make money doing what they love to do. So take something that's on your I want list. If it matches with something that that's, that you can get based off your I love to do list. Like, oh, I love to help people. I love sitting and talking to people. 
Like I love solving your problems about how you think and how you feel. If I want, if on my I want list is a home I own and not rent, how does what I love to do help me get something I want? And don't let nobody tell you that what you love to do don't pay. You ever you, <laughs> you ever told somebody about your art or your dream? They'd be like, well, how do you make money doing that? Don't you worry about it. God opens doors. Tell them that. Tell them God, <laughs> God makes a way because everything that I love is a part of me. And I bet you you're going to find your gift in that I love to do list and it's going to supply all your wants. What we're doing right now, we're clarifying our vision. Because I was wrong. I didn't ever ask y'all what y'all vision was. We ne- we didn't talk about vision. We jumped right into <laughs> our gift and, and how it creates our position and how we got to just start. And I need you to know what you're starting. It's good, man. It's good to me. I need you to know what you're starting. Clarify your vision. Where, like, <laughs> where you want to end up? Write this down right here. Write this down right here. This, this, this is gonna get you. Write, write down GPS. Just like the one in your car. GPS. A GPS is a global positioning system. Which means it takes where you are on the globe and it lets you type in where you want to go on the globe. Boom. I need you to figure out where you are right now. Be honest with yourself. And that way you can punch it in to your mental GPS and say, I'm here on the globe of life at 30. With this job, with this little bit of money, with this degree or without this degree, with these kids, single mama or just got married or been divorced, whatever, whatever, wherever you are on the globe, the GPS going to find it. Because what I like about a GPS, the first thing it asks you for is your location. It has to know where you're at before it can tell you how to come on, man. It got to know where you at on the globe so it can tell you the best uh, route to get there from where you are. But you have to be honest about your location or it don't quite work. (laughs) What's your global positioning system? Where you at? Like where you at? Punch that in right down right now where you are in life. Don't care about your age. None of the decisions you made. That's all your truth. That got you where I need to know on the globe. Where are you? Like, like where you at? (laughs) See the GPS, it it calculates uh, your exact position. You got to tell you got, you got to be honest with that. Like where you at now? When you clarify your vision, you're about to write down where you want to go. Because there's a way to get there. It may be some traffic. You might have to pay the toll. 
a lot happens on the, but see where we mess up and we all do this we race the GPS the GPS gives us a time and we get in our car and it tells you you're going to be right where you need to be 723 and you start gassing it if you lose your fascination with time you'll get there stop racing stop trying to move faster than everyone else stop trying to avoid the toes sometimes you gotta pay the price this is where you at Yep. <laughs> look you ever seen the GPS punch something in they can't even find how to avoid the toes you're like man I gotta pay it man yeah you do Because on the globe where you're at, you can't get around it. And the best way is to pay the toll. That's the best way. You're trying to avoid not having to go through hardship. And you're going to have to. So what you 30? Pay the toll. Pay the toll. But you got to be honest about where you are and where you want to go. That's on you. I can't pick that for you. I can't pick that for you. You got to know it. Use your GPS. You the only one in the car anyway. Not me. Pay the toll. All that, that, like, like, that's on you. But you got to know you can have it. You got to know it's yours. All of that. Like, you got to have a belief system. I don't care that God tells you one thing. I care if you believe him to provide and produce it. That's what I care about. He told Abraham and Abraham nor Sarah believed because Abraham went with the plot that Sarah produced. So I, <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you four laws and I'm going to brush over them. Four laws that we're going to cover. And then I'm going to let you off of here because like I said, we're probably going to have to do a, a part two, man, because this is so crucial. Your belief system. Do you believe what God said? Even on your timeline. Even with the route that your GPS said you had to go. Like, do you believe that you can still have it? That's the key factor. That's how you get out of your quarter life crisis. Stop accepting other people's substitutions. And tell me what you believe. The first law is called the law of belief. The law of belief. And that's just on the surface. It's just whatever you uh, believe, it becomes your reality. The law of belief, whatever I believe starts to become my reality. The reason that Ishmael was born in the first place is because Sarah, her reality was I cannot have children at this age. It didn't matter what the spirit said. It didn't matter what God said. The law of belief in her heart was my husband can have his promise. He just will not get it from me.
And if and if you've already surrendered that you're too old, you know, that <laughs> you don't have enough education, you're too fat, you're too whatever. You have too many kids. You have, you know, it, it just don't work being uh, a parent. It don't work being a mother. It don't. It, 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 come on. Y'all know y'all's limited belief systems better than I do. So write down the law of belief. Whatever you believe becomes your reality. Now, law number two, the law of expectation. The law of expectation. And that, that's just simply saying, like I said on the surface, whatever you expect becomes your self-fulfilling prophecy whatever you expect to happen actually happens when somebody prophesies they tells you hey this is about to happen and then boom it happens the law of expectation is when you prophesy over yourself there there you have it so i need you to start believing one thing and then i need you to speak it out loud and prophesy over yourself I need you to believe God that something can and will happen no matter where you are in life, no matter the decisions you made, the road, you know, you took the choices and things you chose in life. I don't care about your health, your wealth or your lack thereof. I'm going to prophesy over my own life. <laughs> Write this down. I, I got to be my own prophet. That's the law of expectation. Now we're moving on. Law number three, because I'm about to wrap this up. The law of uh, attraction. The law of attraction. That's a popular law. A lot of people talk about that law, so I won't I won't lean in on it. But that's pretty much just you becoming a magnet because you believed and you expected something. So you start to attract the right situations, the right people, the right doors start to open. Everything just seems to fall in place because you're attracting it because you believe it and you expect it to come. And now it's like slowly building up. The building blocks and the bricks of the foundation that are coming together. You're attracting everything. You're, you're becoming the person. That you're supposed to be. You want to change any situation in your life. Start with the belief and expectation that it can. I don't care what it is. Money. Your relationship. You'll start to become the person you need to become in that relationship. Because you believe you that dude. You believe you that woman. And it won't be hard. When you prophesy over your life. Hey I'm this kind of man and I'm going to be this kind of man. Like you start to become that. I'm telling you, and you start to attract that of the sort. You start to attract women <laughs> that that agree with that or they get lost or they get out the picture. Your partner either levels up to that or they get scared and they, and they level down. Because you become a magnet. They either want to be like you because you're going to attract those things or they realize, hey, I'm not on that level. And they start and then y'all going to have some rift right there. And then they'll have to get on the belief and expectation that they can become. And then y'all attract each other again. Last law, last law. Cause we, I told you, we, we're gonna, I think we're going to do a part two. I don't know. I may cut it off and just move on to something else, depending on how do we go. But last law, the law of correspondence. And that's just where your outer world corresponds with your inner world. So what you start to experience on the outside is really a reflection of what's going on on the inside with you. You actually have the baby that you're supposed to have because <laughs> that's that's the seed that you're planting on the inside. What it's saying is because belief, expectation and attraction are happening internally. They correspond. Outwardly. So we got our four laws right there. That's what I want you to meditate on this week. That's what I want you to uh, 
focus on this week. Focus on uh, your vision, clarifying it, using your GPS. Focus on that. Like really, really get down into, do I know what I want? Do I have a decided heart? That's the book, The Seven Decisions. And I said I was going to get y'all one more book and I didn't do it, I don't think. Uh, one of my favorite books by James Allen called As a Man Thinketh. Classic book. You can read it in a day or two as a man thinking. And, it, and it's going to open up with, uh, you know, him saying the mind is is, is like a garden. <laughs> That's going to mess you up. That that the mind is like a garden. That's going to mess you up because whatever you put in your garden. Come on, man. <laughs> whatever you put right there in your garden. Is what's going to grow. But yeah. Uh, two books, The Seven Decisions, and uh, As a Man Thinketh, Thinketh rather, who out of country, by James Allen. Read those books. But yes, ask yourself that question. Do I have a decided heart? Do I know what I want? Can I get something from life, from life and out of life that I don't, and I don't even know what I want? Have a decided heart about you, about who you are, about yourself, about what, what you want to leave in uh, your mark on this world. Have a decided heart. Have a decided heart about uh, some of your relationships with your friends, with your family, with your partners. Can I change? Do I have a decided heart? And know what you want. Like know what you want out of life. Life ain't gonna give you nothing, and you don't even know, you don't have a desire for it. I'm sorry, but that it just ain't gonna work. You're gonna have to know what you want in this life. You're gonna have to know what you want from this life. God can't even give it. To you if, if you don't know The Bible says knock And the door It says seek and you shall find Knocking the door will be open unto you What are you looking for You can't seek and you don't know what you're trying to find You can't knock and then when, when God answers you don't have anything Well I was just knocking see if you was home I said knock and ask me what you want The blessing will be yours you got to know what you want God to bless you with. Stop basing your blessings around your situation and around your age. Well, Lord, if you just give me something to get me through and something to no, man. Lord, I was struggling with this at, at, at my age, but I want the abundance. I want I want the best you got to offer. Some of you are asking the Lord, can he give you Hagar? <laughs> See, that's a whole plot twist. There's one thing for you to offer up something else to God. It's another thing to ask God to accept it. And it's a third thing to say, God, just give me second best. Come on, man. Do you know what you want? And if you do, do you believe God can give it to you? That's all I'm asking. Like, if you, if you know what you want, do you believe you can have it? And then... Focus on in on your GPS and look at those laws and say, like, I got to I got to believe God. Yes. And this is how I'm going to do it. Prophesy over yourself this week. I told you this is the best thing that could happen for you this week right here on this podcast. Tell everybody. Tell somebody, you know, struggling with this. Tell somebody, you know, that you should make decisions based off how other people feel. Tell somebody the truth and say you're not too old, but make sure it's rooted in truth and rooted in love. I'm not going to tell you to believe something outside of the will of God for your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not going to tell you to go off and act foolish because you're not too old. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're not too old to have the life and the things of the life 
that God said you could have, the things he designed you for, the things he created you for. You're never too old because our God lives in eternity. <laughs> he lives in eternity. He had to put time here for us. God put time here for us. And you fascinated with it, but he put time here for us. That way, nothing could ever stay the same. Because eternity means it's one way forever. So his promises are eternal. But we live in the time world. Miles Monroe used to teach it uh, like this. He would say, if God didn't have eternity, if you sinned, you'd all, um, <laughs> if God didn't make time, rather, if you sinned, your sin would be eternal. <laughs> he would say you'd have to live in that sin forever because God is he's eternal. But he created time for you to get it right, to change. Nothing stays the same. If you was mad, you'd have to be mad forever. If you was poor, you'd have to be poor forever because everything is eternal with God. So he created humans on earth. They have a time. Use the time to your advantage. He created that time so you can it, it, it can be flexible and work in your favor. So you don't have to stay the same. And you, You've been told wrong about time. What he's saying is, yeah, you're you're 30 years old. I made time that way so you wouldn't be an eternal baby. You wouldn't be a baby forever. You get to grow and mature. I want you to use that now. So what you ain't 21? You 31. And you better than you was when you was 21. And I'm about to use it. Come on, y'all. This is this is this was good to me. I hope it's good to you. I'm about to get off here. Cause I already been going. And I know I have. <laughs> Let me look at the clock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going too long. But come on, y'all, man. Look at them laws. Look at them laws. Y'all give me the feedback on this one. Because, I, like I said, this had to be said. It had to be done. We have to start with, with our visions and our desires. And what we really want out of life. And then we have to go into our faith and know we can have it. And I believe you can have it. I know I, know I can have mine. Do you know you can have yours? Do you know you entitled? Do you feel entitled to what God said? Like, are you too humble of a Christian that you don't feel entitled to what God said? Come on, man. He said you was going to be great. He said your name was going to be great. He said, I'm going to bless everybody through your name. He said, I'm going to give you this land. Come on. Break the chain and break the cycle of unbelief. Um, unbelief. Break the generational curse of unbelief. On your people, on your kids, on your family. You ought to want more for your family members. But I promise you, if you got a generational curse of unbelief in there somewhere, all y'all accepting the mediocre and the average and you're going to church every Sunday. I promise you, you're still going to church every Sunday, accepting the mediocre and the average. Praising God, shouting, singing, giving, taking your communion, kissing on babies and loving folks when church is over and you going home still believing that God can't do what he said. You ought to break that. You ought to break that. That's enough. <laughs> Woo! That is enough, y'all. Episode 7. I don't even know what to call this. I don't know. I'm going to come up with something. But <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what to call it. But episode 7, man. Share it with somebody. Share the podcast with somebody. Don't forget to rate it if you listen on uh Apple iTunes. Uh not Apple iTunes. Apple uh, Apple Podcasts rather. Rate it on there. Rate it on any app. But rate it so we can get it out there, so we can get the podcast uh, promoted to more more people. This is not a money thing. I don't have any sponsors because I don't want you to think that I'm doing this for money. 
if it comes it comes but i don't have no sponsors when i say get it out there i don't get any money from that i'm saying get it out there to help somebody i'm sowing my seeds this way this is how i'm sowing i'm not getting no money off your plays i could i could set that up and do that but I'm saying share it with somebody because I wish we had knowledge like this and platforms like this when I was 14 and 15. We was on AOL chat when we was kids and, 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 you know, and then MySpace came out and Black Planet and all that stuff. Man, we, we got platforms now that our babies don't have to not know the things we didn't know. So when I say share this with people, share it and expose them, man. Don't get no knowledge and, and don't give it away. Our people got to get out of that, man. And I ain't just fussing, but I'm, 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 I kind of am, but I'm being serious. Share it with somebody and bless them and say, hey, you need this. You need this. I got to get off for y'all. I'll see y'all uh, Monday morning with the uh, Monday morning motivational mind shift. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. Um, we'll talk about Mother's Day on Monday <laughs> But I just want to go in Because we're going to go into the weekend And I won't get to say it You know on here But happy Mother's Day to all the mothers We love y'all We cherish y'all We wouldn't be anything Without any of y'all And all of the women uh, In our lives Y'all may not know it But we need it There's a lot you can learn Woo There's a lot you can learn And I take it all And I love all of y'all For it Happy Mother's Day to every woman in my life that's uh played a motherly role uh my sister and her kids uh mama grace everybody man happy mother's day i can't i can't go on <laughs> uh my my grandmother both of them uh still living so yes but yeah i'm gonna get off here we'll see y'all monday monday mind shift bright and early y'all have a good weekend enjoy yourselves this was episode seven I just want them fighters, I just want them fighters,